Hi, everybody. I'm Fee Waybill, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast. Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, I can't afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dodson. And joining us today, Kyle, in the Zoom room, it's his return appearance. And the reason he's here is because I want to talk about this fantastic new album he's just released. Please welcome Mr. Fee Weibel. Fee, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm pretty good. How about yourself? We we are doing good. You're uh, you're quarantining. You're... Uh, well, not really. I don't have to quarantine. I don't have COVID. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm staying safe and acting responsibly. And Great. Wearing a mask. That's good. All the time. That's what we're that's what we're doing too. So it's good to hear. Yeah, and I, I saw that. I was looking today, and I saw that uh, we're starting to decline in California on cases. And deaths were starting to decline, and uh, which is great news. And uh, uh, my wife said that her tennis club is now going to allow doubles again. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, because we would uh, we would like you to get out there and uh, hopefully play some of this new album for us live. Were there, were there plans to do that before COVID? Uh, yes, there was. Uh, there were. Yes, there were. I. Uh, we finished in, I think, February, and uh, and Richard and uh, uh, the plan was Richard uh, Richard Marks, yes. my best friend and producer of the record and co-writer. Uh, he had plans to go to Europe and do a big tour of, of Western Europe in March and April, about thirty shows, and then he was going to take the month of May off. And our plan was, he said. I will let you use my band and I will accompany you and we'll set a, we'll set a weekend in May and we'll rehearse and we'll put together a show, a, wow. a set, a 90 minute set. And we were going to play at this. There's a little club. Uh, it's a theater. It's called the Coronet Theater on La Cienica, yes. just above Melrose in L.A. Uh, and uh uh, Mike Flanagan, the guy who runs the place, is a friend of mine. And I talked to him earlier in the year. And I said, Mike, I got this record coming out. I'd like to do a solo show. And he goes, great. Let me know when. You know, we'll work it in. And But but I never let him know when because the whole thing, you know, early March, the whole thing fell apart. Right. Richard tour, our plan to rehearse, a live show, everything is, you know, we're just sitting around. And uh I think it's, I mean, I'm, I'm staying positive. I think it's going to happen. You know, I, 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 there's just, there's too many brilliant people in the world to not be able to come up with a vaccine to take care of this. Exactly. And when you think of all the things that the world has gone through and overcome, this cannot be the downfall no, of, uh, right. of modern civilization. No, and, you know, I mean, big pharma is too big. Pfizer, AstraZeneca, all of these people know that if they can come up with a vaccine, it's going to be worth big money. Yes. Exactly. Ka-ching, ka-ching. So they are working hard to be the first ones. And so I'm, 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 I think it's going to happen. I, and I think, you know, that people are going to be so starved for live music yeah. that they are going to rush back to venues and, uh, and, and and support live music again. I think people are going to be happier and they're going to enjoy life more because they're going to know what it's like to be on lockdown and not not right. be living your life to the fullest. Right. I know. I so agree. Good things I, are going to good things are going to come out of it. I, I think businesses are going to realize that uh, they don't have to have these big office buildings and people don't have to commute to work every day because they can do it from home and that'll lower the carbon footprint and all these things will be good. I know it's all going to be, I mean, the only good thing I can say so far that's happened from this is the traffic. 
Yes. And you live in you live in LA. Yeah. So you know what I mean. I mean, there's no traffic. You could go right. anywhere now. So it's and because people are staying home and right. they're and they're teleworking, they're they're telecommuting. And uh so hopefully that'll remain uh a lot lighter than it used to be. Now the fir- the first time we had this uh the first time I tried to get you on the show fee, I wanted you to come to Studio City and I'm gonna quote you. You told me you weren't going to go to the fucking valley. <laughs> so now I've got you on two times and twice you haven't had to come to the fucking valley. <laughs> well, it's, and you know, uh, we live in the hills, so it's the valley's just right over the hill. Yeah. I have taken my dog to walk in the valley. I, I go to this park on Tahunga. Tahunga and Riverside, there's a great big park and it's great for dogs. And so we go there. So, and, you know, and my horses are in the valley. And so it's, you know, although the valley is covered in smoke right now. It's terrible right now. Stay where you're at. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm staying home. All right, let's get into this. Uh, Fee Weibo Rides Again, released May 19th, 2020. It was initially just a digital only release. You can now get physical copies via the tubes website. You can even get signed physical copies. Yes. And this, also there's a, also there's a, a fee waybill, fee waybill.com. Oh, thank you. you can buy it. There's, I, I finally got a website together. Oh, good. And uh, so you can buy it at fee and you can buy it at the tubes.com. So this is your, this is your first album this is first new studio tracks from you. Your last uh, solo album came out 24 years ago. And then it was yeah. 19 years ago. There were two studio tracks from the tubes that were on the tubes world tour live album. But basically yeah. you haven't recorded any studio music in 20 years. Yeah. What was it like getting back in the studio? Uh, well, you know, I, I was never, I never liked the studio. I, I always, I'm a live guy. I, I like the stage. I like, I like the theater. You know, I, 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 I've been acting, doing play where I used to be, uh, theater. And, uh, uh, in fact, my dream, my, my dream is Broadway before I die. I will be on Broadway, uh, if I have anything to say about it, but I, I really, you know, the studio was difficult for me and, you know, especially working with, uh, working with David Foster back in the day, you know, he was such a perfectionist and it was so difficult. And I tried and tried, I mean, the first, the first vocal I did for David Foster on the completion backward principle took me like a week to, I mean, and this was, you know, this was 1980, so it was before digital. It was all analog. You couldn't fix anything. You couldn't fly in anything. It, 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 and he was such a perfectionist. I sang and sang and sang and sang. I sang Amnesia. That was the first song. I sang Amnesia for about 15 hours before he was satisfied with the take. But but the thing is, this time it was a breeze because Richard Marks and I have been friends for 38 years. And I don't think there's anybody other than Elizabeth, my wife, who knows me better than Richard. And it... He just made it a joy for me because he knows me so well. He he knows when I've given the best I've got. Right. He knows when I can do better. He knows when, you know, uh, he knows how to, if I'm singing sharp, he knows what to tell me to do to get it back. 
and without having to do auto tune or something like that. And uh, so I have to, I have to give him the props because, you know, without him, this never would have happened. And I, the vocal, I love the vocals on this record are really great. And, and I think better than ever before, you know, from my point of view. And it's because he knows me so well and he, he can, he gets, he gets that out of me. I, I mean, I don't, Foster never could do that. Foster would just go, do it again, do it again. <laughs> and David is, was a great producer. Right. He's still a great producer. And we made a, you know, wonderful records with him. Uh, and But Richard, like I said, he just knows me. He knows my voice. He knows what I'm doing, when I'm yodeling or I'm doing something weird or crazy. He goes, oh, do that again. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so I really, I really enjoyed it this time. I really enjoyed going to the studio and doing vocals and sitting around he had uh, the last few tracks uh we recorded with richard's band with matt scannell and and brian on drums and wine out on bass and and jay his guitar player played on a couple of tracks i never needed to bother with a consequence always pleaded the altar of the senses now i'm walking a straighter Stalking gate is hard to leave behind. And those guys are great. And he's he's got that same knack with them, that same producer's knack. He just knows, he just he feels it. He knows how to 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 get a performance out of you. Excellent. And, uh, we started this record, gosh, the, the, the first song, Faker, the first song on the record, we did in 2013. It's been seven years in the making. We did that record back in Chicago when he lived in Chicago. He lives out here in California now. Uh, and we did that in his studio in Chicago. And uh, actually by accident, uh, uh, it's funny, today is his oldest son, Brandon's birthday, 9-11. Today, Brandon turned 30 years old. But when the boys... He has three sons, Brandon, Lucas, and Jesse. And Brandon Brandon plays on the album. Brandon plays drums on the album, yep. right? And uh, uh, when the boys were young, we used, every year, we used, I used to fly out to Chicago, and we would drive up to Minocqua, Wisconsin, which is about a three- or four-hour drive north of Chicago. And they his family had a little cabin up there, and, uh, you know, nobody ever, we, you know, we went there like once a year for right. a week. And so we would all go up there, the boys, just the boys, and and have a great time and spend a week fishing and horseback riding and, and go-kart driving. And just we had a great time. And we did this, you know, when the boys were young, we did this every year. We did this time after time after time. And, and uh, that year, 2013, I, I flew to Chicago and the boys were getting older. You know, Brandon is already by then he's like 21 or 22 or something. And the other boys, uh, Jesse was 20. I mean, uh, 18 and Lucas was 20. 
And the boys kind of, you know, I said, okay, let's go to Minocqua. <laughs> just kind of went, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty busy. I've got a date tonight and I'm going to go see my girlfriend. And, uh, so the boys kind of grew out of it. Yeah. And, and Richard said, well, you know, let's, let's go to the studio. Let's go write a song. So we went to the studio and we wrote Faker. And, uh, and that was where it, when it all started. And he said, gosh, this is so cool. Let's get, let's get some guitar on this and let's, let's, let's do a few Wagle solo record. And I just kind of, and I hadn't done one at that point. I hadn't done one for, you know, it was, it was already 13, 14, 17 years then. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, Go, okay. <laughs> and so we, we, we back that during that time period, we did four songs. We did, we did Faker, How Dare You. I don't know if it's just your style to mix the molten with the wild. Seems to me a dangerous game to feed the fire and fan the flame. You never know just what's in Promised Land and Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda. We did four songs kind of in that kind of, I went back a few more times and we had some people come in from Nashville to play and, and there's such good players on this record. It's just ridiculous. I mean, that's that, you know, that is huge reason why I love this record so much and it's gotten such great response. I mean, there's just wonderful players. And uh, so we did those four songs And then the and then that was it. And it was kind of around, you know, 2015 or so, everything got put on hold. Yeah. And uh, you know, I went on tour, Richard went on tour, uh, he changed management companies, changed spouses, moved to California, uh, you know, everything kind of kind of life reared its head and put everything on hold. Yeah. And then last year uh kind of middle of last or maybe last spring of 2019 you know he called me up and he goes let's you know everything is kind of normal now everything is kind of settled down and let's let's finish this and uh i said yeah good idea let's finish it and we had like i said we had four songs in the can and uh there were two other songs that were already recorded. One, Say Goodbye was a song that I had written for Richard's, one of Richard's records. I always wondered what moved a moment in ways unexpected. Resolved to be staying the next day to stay in all I protected My dream of love is denied Without ever closing my eyes 
and uh, and he had done the vocal and he had done the track, but he never put it on a record. And I would always, you know, bring up my iTunes on my computer and I'd play that song. And I, I mean, I, I kept telling him, I said, Richard, you know, every time I play this song, it makes me cry. And I have to do this. I have to just take off your vocal. I'm putting my vocal on it. And he went, oh, okay. You know, and I, he said, well, and I said, you know, there has to be a ballad on the album of some kind. And I want, so that we went in and did a vocal on. And then there was the, the other song that I actually didn't have anything to do with was uh, Still You on the Inside was a song that Richard and Chad Kroger from Nickelback wrote for Chris Daughtry about three or four years ago. Your life is like a crack in the mirror Seven years of bad luck, it ain't getting better now And after all is said and done Reflection in the window, it's the same old face Background, small town, everywhere you look around Tell me what you're running from Flip a coin and let it land in your hand you're gonna stay but it's tail so you can And he sent me the track and I, I went, wow, this is such a, he always sends me tracks. Yeah. Whether they're for him or for somebody else or for, for Keith Urban or for whoever he's writing with. And just, you know, just to keep me in the loop. And, and I just loved that song and I played it again and again and again. And then he tells me Daughtry doesn't want to do it. And I went, you're kidding me. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. But good for you. Yeah. He goes, he's got a lot of great songs. And I said, okay, well, I want to do it. And so, and and that was kind of a, a hard one because Chad's vocal, Chad's such a great singer. He's he's one of my all-time favorite singers. And he had the, the demo with him singing that was spectacular. And it's really high at the end. And and Richard said, you know, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to beat Chad's vocal here. And I said, well, you know, I don't think I can beat it, but I can do my thing. You right. know, it'll be me. And and he goes, well, the end is really, really high. And he, even he had a hard time hitting those high notes at the end, the out chorus. And I went, well, okay, but I want to do it. I want to try it. If yeah. I can't do it, I can't do it. But I want to try it. And so I managed to to pull it off. And uh, so then we had six. And then he said, "Okay, well, let's write. Let's write." And so we went in and we wrote. Uh, we wrote uh, uh, "Meant to Be Alone," and we wrote "Man of the World," and we wrote uh, "Don't Want to Pull the Trigger," kind of at the end in the in last summer. And and we went in and cut those. And uh, and uh, and I, you know, we went. Hey, no, I got nine. He goes, okay, good. We're good. That's good. Let's call it. Let's do it. And so we did, and we called it off, and we 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 sent the there's a, he's got a friend in Chicago, a guy named Matt Kroc, who who mixed the record. Yeah, brilliant young engineer. The guy is so cool, and he figured out, uh, uh, you know, the the intro to "Don't Want to Pull the Trigger" is a little text demo that he that he texted me on the, on my phone and said, Oh, here's the song. And, and, you know, I can't really play the guitar part, the lead guitar part, but I'll play the rhythm. And the, it kind of goes on and he sings it in this little text. And, uh, and I, I, I played it for Elizabeth. She has got, that's so cool. And it was her idea. It was, she said, that's so cool. Why don't you stick that on the beginning of the song? And I said, well, it's, you know, it's off the phone, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Can they do that? And so we, we sent it to Matt uh, 
and we said, Matt, we want to put this little vignette, this little piece on the beginning of the track. And can we, could you make the key work? Can you make it all kind of seem to flow in? And he pulled it off and he said, yeah, I could do that. So, so uh, I had a lot of help with a lot of really talented people on this record. And man, it's just, it's, I'm so proud of it. And uh, like it says in, in the, in the CD dedication to Richard, it's, you know, it's my proudest achievement and, and it's because of him. Yeah. You get uh, uh, two people get uh, written dedications in here and it's, it's Richard and your wife. Yeah. This album was like a revelation for me, Fee, because I didn't even know it was coming out. And then all of a sudden I think someone tweeted about it or I saw a picture of the album cover and I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't even know this was a thing. And so one of the great things about the internet was I was immediately able to go to Amazon and download it. And it's fantastic. I mean, everyone I know or everyone I've told about this album that has heard it, we all love it. I mean, it's, it's literally nine home runs. Every song's a winner. Thank you. So, uh, you know, it's, and I think because, uh, of the time span involved. It was not like we were trying to cram a rec, you know, a whole record like what the tubes used to do. Yeah, you, you know, we had three months to write and record and finish a whole record. And there ends up being, you know, a lot of times there ends up being a filler song or two. Right. And but we had this we had so much time in between that we could we could we could, you know, manicure every I don't know if that's the right word or not, but we could concentrate on each song yeah you could hone it you could get it you could polish it get it the best it could be right those are better words (laughs) (laughs) now when you guys when you and richard are are writing together are are you lyrics and he's music or is it a combination it's well it's mostly he's music i'm lyrics mostly but then uh a lot of times he'll have a, a title or he'll have a a a chorus line or something uh, or, 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 or a concept, you know, that, 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 that he tells me. And then a lot of, you know, the, the way I write, there's two ways I write. One is I start with the chorus, like, like don't want to pull the trigger. He had that line. Richard said, I, I want to write this song. It's called don't want to pull the trigger. And, and he had a melody in the chorus that don't want to pull the trigger. And then uh, okay, I like that. And uh, I had actually used that line in an earlier song uh, that it, one of the four songs, woulda, coulda, shoulda, one of the four songs we had written years ago. Monday morning quarterbacks or Tuesday's memory only hit a thousand for a day. Not so many fish to catch if you think I let the big one get away Hesitated way too long To pull the trigger, now you're gone Would have been wonder and it could have been thunder You could see And so I work backwards from there. Okay, that's the chorus. Don't want to pull the trigger. And then I figure out what the chorus is. And then I go, okay, well, what's the song about? How do I start with the verse and explain that line? Explain where does don't want to pull the trigger come from? What right. is it about? And and uh, that particular song is about temptation and uh which is, you know, I think everybody deals with temptation every day, all, all your entire life, you deal with temptation. And, you know, are you going to, are you going to let it rule you? Or are you going to rule it? And uh, so that, so then, 
So that song, I, you kind of work backwards. You have the chorus and you work up to the chorus explaining how you got to the chorus. Right. But then sometimes, uh, sometimes I don't have a chorus. Maybe I'll only have the first line of the first verse. And then it's kind of stream of consciousness. I kind of let the song write itself, you know, and let it tell me what, what it is. And, uh, and so I write it from beginning to end instead of from end to beginning. You know what I mean? And again, in case people don't know it, you, you have co-writes on Richard's first solo album dating the whole way back to 1987. How did you two meet each other? Because I, I, I think I think on paper or to an outsider, this clean cut young kid, Richard Marks, with yeah. the flamboyant stage presence of Fee Wable, it doesn't yeah. seem like those two parts would ever come together. I know. I know. And, and I've been fortunate. I've been I've, I've written songs on pretty much every record he ever made. And and uh, well, I'll tell you how it happened. Richard, when when he was 18 years old. He wrote a song. He, he lived in Chicago. His father, his name was Dick Marks. His father was a, a jazz piano player and pretty well known in, in the Chicago jazz circle. And he taught Richard to play piano. And, and uh, he taught him about songwriting via jingles. Dick gotcha. wrote, like, he wrote the double mint gum jingle. Double your pleasure, double your fun, double mint gum. Wow. He wrote, he wrote, my dog's better than your dog. My dog's better than, my dog's better because he eats kettle gration. My dog's, and I mean, all of these iconic yeah, jingles. These are classics. These are classics, exactly. That we really don't have jingles anymore. No. But uh, so Richard started writing songs, and Richard submitted a song to a Lionel Richie album from Chicago mm-hmm. out of the blue. And, and, and he, and he did it. He, he, he said, I'm going to do this song on one of my records. And so Richard flew out to Chicago to watch Lionel record this song. Wow. I mean, he flew out from Chicago to LA and at the time, you know, and he, he was keeping up with the music business and he was a big fan of David Foster and, I, I didn't know this, but he asked Lionel, he said, do you know David Foster? And he said, oh, yeah. He goes, you know, I'd love to meet him. He goes, well, he's, you know, he's over at Lionshare, uh, which a studio in L.A., okay. long gone, uh, working with the Tubes. And Richard went, oh, the Tubes? I love them. They're, you know, and he, it turns out Richard's a big fan of my Tubes lyrics. Wow. And so Richard... Gets a hold of David and David said, "Yeah, come on over. You know, you can you can watch us recording." So we're in the studio and recording, and Richard is sitting in the back of the room of the studio, just quietly in the shadows, sitting there, just little eighteen-year-old kid, just taking it all in. Yeah, and uh, and so then at the end of the session, uh, you know, I, I can't remember what song we were doing, but at the end of the session, Richard comes up to me and goes you know, I really like your lyrics. You know, would you consider writing a song with me? And I, I went, well, who, who are you? <laughs> I didn't know who that was. I went, well, sure. Okay. I'll write a song with you. And, and so the first song we ever wrote together was uh, a song on my first solo album called who loves your baby. which was the tagline from, from Kojak, from Kojak. Yeah. And, uh, so we wrote that song and, 
I put it on my first record and, uh, you know, we kind of, well, let's write another song. Okay, let, let's, at, at the time, you know, I was obviously recording and touring with the tubes and uh, uh, he said, well, let's, can we write another? I said, okay, well, so we wrote another song. So, and then, so Fee, did you, did you enjoy the, did you enjoy the collaboration at that point in time or were you just like, were you still like, who is this kid? I mean, he's, he's got some chops, but uh, you... yeah, no, I thought he was good. Okay. I mean, I thought he was good. He came up with the music and he was a, a good player and we kind of slowly became friends kind of long distance. He was in Chicago. I was in LA and, and then, uh, you know, we wrote a song, uh, and then he started become becoming more prominent and, and he got a gig producing that all girl band Vixen. Yes. Vixen. On the edge of a broken heart was their big song. And so we wrote edge of a broken heart. You wrote that. I wrote the lyrics to Edge of a Broken Heart. I didn't know and that. Richard wrote the music and he produced that record and and we had a hit. And went, wow, okay, that's <laughs> cool, you know? And so we started writing together and uh, and then Richard got a deal, you know, with Manhattan Records, with a subsidiary of Capital back then. And uh, he said, well, I want to, I want to, I don't want to just be a songwriter. I want to perform. And so he got a deal and he said, let's write some songs. So I think I had three songs on that first record. Yeah. Three or four. Uh, I wish I had written, don't, you know, sign it on the dotted line. Which was a, <laughs> you know, went to number two. His right. first record sold like he had a number two song and it sold like, you know, four or five million records. Yeah. And I, whoa, you're kidding. This is so great. And, uh, so we just, you know, we got closer and closer and closer. And, you know, we, we, uh, I wrote songs on the next record. Then I wrote some songs on the next record. And, you know, the, the next thing you know, he's six times platinum, well, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting around waiting for the mailman to show up with, <laughs> with my publishing checks. You know? <laughs> when so I, was, when I was at your house in Venice, there was only one um, music related uh, award that you had hanging on the wall. And it was this massive Richard right. Marks. Th- I mean, it was massive. It had uh, you know, I know a gazillion was, records it, sold. It was the six times platinum yep. record. It had six platinum records on it. Right. Right. Exactly. It was right behind my desk. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, we just, like I said, we, uh, he, it, it, he ended up, uh, marrying in 1990 or 89, he married Cynthia Rose. Right. And Cynthia was a tubes dancer. Wow. Is, is that how they met? Did they meet? No, it's no. not how they met. Cynthia, Cynthia, uh, she left the band and because she wanted to, to get into acting, you know, and she was in dirty dancing right. and flash dance. And they met, Completely unconnected by me or the tubes. That's and, wild. Uh, and they got married. And then, of course, I, you know, I, I, I had toured with Cynthia and knew her well. And then, you know, then they started having babies. And uh, then we started, you know, then I started going to Minocqua fishing with the, with the boys. And uh, so were you, were you Uncle Fee? I was. I was Uncle Fee. I'm still You're Uncle still Fee. Uncle Fee. I'm still Uncle Fee. That's, That's great. I just today, like I said, today's Brandon's birthday. I just texted him and, and said happy birthday. And he lives in out here in LA too. All the boys live out here. 
and uh, they're songwriters and performers and they're brilliant. I mean, brilliant. Every one of them is a brilliant musician. Lucas, actually on Richard's new record, Richard's got a new record too called Limitless. And Lucas produced a couple of the tracks on that record. Uh, Brandon is a drummer and he also plays guitar. Jesse is, is completely outside the bubble. I mean, Jesse is like a speed metal guitar player. <laughs> it's just brilliant. And, uh, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll come and uh, he, he played uh, the Troubadour. Uh, gosh, I guess last fall. And the boys came and sat in and, you know, so. Well, yeah, it's incongruous, our, our relationship and I mean, our friendship, but uh, I were very close. Richard never had any siblings. And so I've always kind of been the big brother. You know, he'll never let me forget. <laughs> the, you know, the you're I, older. His birthday, his birthday is September 16th. And mine is September 17th. But he never lets me forget that you're 15 years older than me. <laughs> you'll always be. Like, yeah, right. I, I know. I just love, as you're talking about Richard Marks and his family, I can see the joy on your face that this relationship has brought you. And I can see you're, you're like, you are like a prideful parent yourself when you're talking about these boys. I, I love it. It's a, it's, it's oh, yeah. fantastic. I know they're the best. I mean, they are, I mean, Lucas has written some songs that just blow my mind. He is so good. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm proud to be their godfather and, uh, Luke, uh, to today's Brandon's birthday. The 14th is Lucas. September 14th is Lucas's birthday. The 16th is Richard. The 17th is me. Uh, but Jesse, uh, is not in the loop. Jesse's birthday is not till I think January 4th. So we always forget. We always have a, or years for years, we've had a big September boys birthday party. Uh, and, uh, one year, actually, we all went to Italy one year. I think it was Richard's 50th. And we all went to Italy together and, and stayed in some, you know, some house in Tuscany somewhere. I mean, it was fabulous. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's brought a lot of joy over the years to my life, a lot of joy. And, and, it's, and this is, you know, really like a the crowning achievement. So he just told me the other day, he goes, you know, this is really great. Let's not wait 20 years to make another record. Okay. Let's do it. Like in a couple of years, let's get together and do another record. That's cool. And um, first of all, about Richard Marks, these stories you tell when he's uh, an 18 year old kid and he flies out to Los Angeles, he knew exactly what he wanted to do at a very early age. And he went out there and he got it. So that's, that's a nice lesson for, for young people. If you really and truly want something, go get it and, and, and things will happen. You have to, you have to manifest your destiny. Uh, He, he did a a talk at the Grammy museum last fall. And uh, you know, they interviewed him with, with the, with the guy that all that does all the, I don't remember his name, that does all the interviews. Right. Grammy Museum, and it was really insightful. And I was there, and the boys were there, and his mom was there, and uh, and that you know you have to you have to manifest your destiny. You have to, and I and I have to say, I don't know anybody more driven than Richard Marks. He, I mean, he's still making records. Right. His new record, Limitless, is spectacular. And he's, I mean, even though, you know, nobody sells records anymore uh, and, you know, it's all, it's all digital now, but it's a great record and, and he's still doing podcasts and he's like famous on Twitter. Yes. He's, he's great on Twitter. Everybody loves him. He's so funny. And, and uh, uh, he's just, you know, he, and he, for a long time, he was doing this, uh, uh, social distancing podcast thing where he had all kinds of different guests on every week and talking about the pandemic. And uh, I mean, the guy is just even, even gosh, he's, 
55, I think, this year. He's completely driven. Unbelievable. And and like when we're in the studio, he never stops. He, we, we blast through sessions and he just never, ever stops. And then the thing that pisses me off is he still looks the same. He, he doesn't age. I know. What is he it's drinking? A, I don't. He, they're vegan. Daisy, he, you know, he married Daisy Fuentes. Yes, Daisy Fuentes. And they're vegan and they've been vegan for, gosh, it's got to be six or eight years. Well, it's working. I'm, I'm really, he keeps telling me, you know, you ought to try this, you know, beyond meat burgers. And I just, really? You know, and I actually, I have tried them. They're not bad at all. But uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I haven't, I haven't encompassed the vegan world yet. But uh, and he works out like crazy. I, I remember we used to go to Chicago, and uh, he had a gym down the street from him. And I'd go into the gym, and you know, and I, I'm a gym guy. Yeah. You know, I've been lifting for years and years and years, and that's another horrible thing that this this pandemic has caused. All the gyms are closed. Right. And, uh, and I don't want to go into the gym and social distance and wear a mask while I'm working out. Right. You know, so, uh, uh, actually Elizabeth and I have been doing yoga, uh, for years and years we did Bikram yoga and, uh, uh, you know, that whole thing kind of fell apart. Bikram is in exile and, uh, but we have the, we have the, the YouTube and so we'll turn the heat up really hot in the house and get the mats out and do Bikram's 90-minute uh, uh, yoga practice. And so that's been helping a lot because I, I can't – there's no gym. And uh, But Richard was like – we'd go to the gym in Chicago, and Richard's like – you know, he's like 150 pounds. Right. And, he's, and, and he gets on the elliptical – and he's doing sixty and uh, sixty minutes on the elliptical. And Richard, you are you're too skinny already. <laughs> and you're doing sixty more minutes on the elliptical. No, stop. But he's he won't do it. He's yeah. He's well, find it it's working. And and Fee, you look uh, you look great too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to not put on the. The, the COVID-19 pounds. Right, the COVID-19. <laughs> well, Fee, uh, I will be inserting the music uh, in this in post-production because I, I didn't want to stop your flow of the stories and the talking. But I do want to ask you, our playout song today will be the last song in the album, Meant to Be Alone. And um, uh, when, I, when I met you at your home, you you felt like you were meant to be alone. You, you felt like you were a minimalist. You only had things that you needed. It was a, a very small, but comfortable space. But yeah. uh, now with remarrying your wife and getting back together, you weren't meant to be alone. You have people around you that uh, love you. Is that song about you? Yeah, it's about me. And it, yeah, I mean, for years, I mean, we've gone, you know, we got married in 97. We got divorced in 2000. Then we got back together in, in like 2008 for like two years. And then we broke up again. And then, I mean, it's been on and off and on and off. So a lot of the times, a lot of the, the, the songs and the poems, you know, I, I wrote a whole book of poems about her to try to convince her to get back together. And, uh, and it worked. Yes. And it worked. And I, we finally got back together. But at the time when I wrote Meant to Be Alone, you know, it was kind of that, you know, it was kind of that lonesome cowboy, uh, you know, uh, I'll be what the buzzards eaten, bleaching bone. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, I have this image it, when I was writing that song meant to be alone when I was writing my favorite movie of all time is the searchers John yeah, Ford's jo movie. yeah John Wayne and I know John Wayne is not really politically correct right anymore but that was a great great movie and I was a huge John Wayne fan when I was a kid and all those westerns you know Rio Bravo and all those uh, tie a yellow ribbon I mean all those John Wayne movies I went but but the final, the inspiration for that song was the final scene 
of the searchers, where the camera, where he finds uh, Natalie Wood, you know, who's been stolen by the Indians, and he finds her and he brings her back home to her family. And they all, they all are, you know, ecstatic and, and they all run into the house and they leave him, Ethan, his name was Ethan. Yeah. They leave him standing outside the doorway and the camera shot is from inside the house, look, and the house is completely black. And the camera shot is looking from the black inside of the house through the doorway and in the doorway is the silhouette of him. And he kind of, he kind of like puts his hand like up over his shoulder like this and he turns around and he walks away. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. That's great. And, A great parting shot. Oh, it's incredible. And, and I kind of thought, wow. And, you know, I, I, I guess I'm not meant to be alone cause I'm not, but, I, that that was where that song came from, and uh, I guess you know Elton John said melancholy songs are better, <laughs> so you know I don't really have any happy songs on the record. I have I have some sarcastic songs. Man of the World is really funny and sarcastic about people who are just obsessed with social media. Yes. It's a great and I tune. have a kind of rant song, Promised Land, ranting about, you know, the slash and burn and the and the Madoff and the and the uh, housing crash and you know and I I uh, in fact I even say it in the song, I only wish this rant was preaching to the choir. But uh uh you know, most of them are, are wannabe, you know, like woulda, coulda, shoulda, wannabe songs meant to be alone. Uh, how dare you uh, say goodbye? Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, I don't I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy now. So I'm, I'm afraid to start writing a happy song. <laughs> well, these nine songs are fantastic. People are going to learn a lot about you just from listening to these lyrics. I enjoy, I enjoy the album start to finish. There is no filler. There's no song that I skip. And I wish you nothing but success, Fee. I hope more people seek this album out. Go to feewebel.com and purchase it. And um, I can't wait to see you on the road. Hopefully that whole Richard Marks tour will work out again. And we'll see you in 2021. I hope so. I hope so. Well, I know that, you know, I'm actually driving. Elizabeth and I are driving to San Francisco tomorrow to see the band guys because we haven't seen each other in a long, long mm -hmm. time. And, uh, you know, we, we got a bunch of uh, vinyl completion backward. We, yes. we made vinyl of completion backward principle and people love vinyl and they want to, you know, we've been signing them and selling them on the tubes website and we're kind of out. So we're going to take some records up and meet with the guys and talk about next year and talk about, you know, what, what kind of, cause we did, you know, the whole 2019, we did completion backward principle. Yeah. Start uh, to finish. Start to finish. And uh, we didn't really finish, you know, we had about another, 
20 or 40, 30 or 40 shows, you know, that wanted that, that performance. And, you know, obviously they all got canceled. So we don't really know whether we should continue or we should go in a different direction. And we do that every, about every year or so we sit down and we figure out what the new show is and we try to change everything and do new characters and do new songs and do, or, or different songs anyway. Has, uh, um, has creating this album, has that got your creative juices flowing about a possible new tubes music? Actually, you're, it has, uh, we, we, uh, we've been Roger and I have been writing and, uh, we, he just, he sent me, he sent me two songs so far and I'm, I did, I got one done and we got it and I'm working on the second one and we have one, two, three, I think we have three or four in the can that we've been, that we have written over the past few years. That's so great news too. I want to do a new tubes record too. And speaking of uh, the tubes, Prairie Prince uh, did some artwork for this. He did. Uh, actually, it was Elizabeth, and it was Elizabeth's idea. You see the cover; it has no title on it. No, it just got my picture. And she goes, "You know, when they put when they put that up on a digital site like Amazon, they always put the title underneath it anyway. Yeah, so you don't need the title. And so the title is on the back. And uh, actually, that was her title too. P. Waybill rides again was her title." It's and, a great title. It, it makes it, sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And uh, But then we got Prairie to put all of our ideas together. He did this whole thing. He put it together. He did the, the lyric insert book. And and uh, yeah, there's the lyric book. It's all, it's kind of a Mayan theme. Uh, you know, that's a yeah. Mayan, Mayan. Uh, uh, yeah, we have, uh, let me open it up. And you got the big pyramid there with yep. the with the song titles, and uh, that is that is Chichen Itza. That pyramid is a pyramid in uh, in uh, Cancun. Chichen Itza is a big famous Mayan pyramid in Yucatan. And then on the lyric book, on the last page of the lyric book, there's a different pyramid, and that you see that yeah that pyramid at El Castillon is where we met that's where elizabeth and i met and that's where her dedication is right at the top of that pyramid that's in tikal guatemala that's a that's a, a mayan site called tikal and uh we met on a solar eclipse in 1991 at a mayan pyramid so well then you 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 have to be together forever <laughs> i know it's very cosmic it's totally yes it is completely so well, Fee, anyway, well, thank you, Pat. For thank you so me. much, Fee, for being here. I can't wait to see you uh, on the road again. And enjoy the rest of your day. Stay healthy, stay safe, and my best to you and your wife. Thank you. Thank you, Vera. Thank you both. <laughs> bye bye, Fee. Thanks, Fee. Okay, man. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.
Let me see.